you can have a odd idea about what church membership is. Sometimes it's, we think of it as if we become members, then all of a sudden they're just going to get weird on us. They're going to start sharing things about themselves I really don't care to know about. So I would rather stay on the outside. I don't understand why they do the things they do. For some people, it's that getting the pin on their jacket because they've been accepted into the club that now they're in. There's going to be this huge ceremony and welcoming party and now I have all the privileges that everyone else has and now I have say, I have power in the club. What are they going to ask of us? Like this little boy, do we think we're going to get pushed out on the ledge and made to make this huge step of faith? Well, they're just waiting for me to fail. But eventually, church membership has become the place where, like the boy, they fall through the cracks. Where there's nothing different than just simply being a regular attender at a church. There, there's no difference in being a member and someone who just comes occasionally. But as we've looked at the last few weeks, that the biblical understanding of what God has in store for us as members of the body of Christ is much deeper and much more important than what we've made it be than what we have made it to be today. First, we started out by looking at faith and how it's the foundation of what membership is all about. First, we, we must believe in God. Why be a part of something? Why be a member of something if we don't believe? We've looked at baptism as being the, the outward sign the outward action based on our faith in Christ. Discipleship and how that as a follower of Christ, we need to be actively learning about Christ. We need to be actively learning more about what God's word says and how can we be seeking to live more like Christ in this world. And how accountability is actually an important part of being a follower of Christ. How can we be the people that God wants us to be if the only opinion that matters is our own? If we don't listen to those people in the church who love us and, and care about us and want the best for us as they seek to hold us accountable. How would our lives be different if we knew that someone else was going to call us out if we did the thing that we were questioning whether or not we should do? That's why AA works so well. Because in AA, when an alcoholic comes, one of the first things they have to do is get an accountability partner. 
someone that is going to hold them accountable to not do the lifestyle things that they did that led to them becoming an alcoholic. And when they go to the bar, when they go to a situation or put themselves in a situation, they know it's not just simply them going and taking a drink, but they know that someone else is thinking about them. They know that the actions that they portray will reflect on someone else. That someone else is going to hold them accountable to their actions. And then last week we looked at why the church gathers together. And how it's an important element of, of our faith development. That as we corporately come together to worship Christ as the body of Christ. To encourage one another in our faith. To lift each other up. We looked also at how we have a mutual responsibility. That as members of the body of Christ, as followers of Christ, there are things that we have to do. They're not negotiable things. We don't get to negotiate whether or not we do them. But they're part of being a follower of Christ. So this week, I want to look a little more into what does it look like for you, for me, to be a member, to be a part of the body of Christ. The first thing that I want us to look at, which expands our model of the way a little bigger. If, Joe, if you'll go to the next slide. We now have these elements of what it means to, to, to be part of the body of Christ. We find unity, caring for one another, forgiving one another, encouragement, supporting each other, loving each other. but we also find an element of diversity. So first, let's, let's look at unity and diversity. If you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what we find in this passage that, that Paul is talking to the young Corinthian church and he's telling them what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. What does it mean to be a member of the body of Christ? Starting in verse 12, says, Paul says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. He's speaking of this diversity in which we come together. Now, obviously, as you look around... Ethnically, we're not too diverse. We all kind of look the same in terms of skin color. 
There's not too many African-American people here. Not too many Hispanics. Actually, none. But yet, we're still diverse. We have different ages represented. We have people who came from different places in the world. We have have people who were raised differently. We have people who some have money, some don't have as much money as they would like. We have people who were raised in a family who had money and could afford things whenever they wanted. We have people who came out of poverty. We all have different thoughts. We all live differently. We all have different gifts. So we are still diverse in nature. Paul goes on, and he uses the body as this continuing metaphor of looking at if there's one part of the body that doesn't belong, we can't just say, you you don't belong, go. Or, Or what if we're all one part? What if we're all a foot? What would we get done? But is there anything in the body that we can't say, we don't need you? And so we just get rid of it. That doesn't have any value. Everything that is a part of your physical body has value. Yeah, there's things that you can take out, that you can function without. But they're there for a reason. And your body functions at 100% when everything is there and functioning properly. So Paul goes on, skipping down to verse 25. He says, so that there should be no division in the... I'm sorry, let's go back to verse 22. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And so the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are un, uh, unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of us is a part of the body of Christ. If you are a follower of Christ, you are part of the body of Christ. You have a responsibility to the people around you. 
We don't get to say, this person doesn't have as much value to the body of Christ as me. Paul says that they may have equal concern for each other. That we should have concern for each one of us. In a a Peanuts cartoon, Lucy demands that Linus change the TV channel. She threatens him with her fist if he doesn't comply. What makes you think you can walk in here and take over, asks Linus. These five fingers, says Lucy. Individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them together like this into a single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. Which channel do you want, says Linus. Turning away, Linus looks at his fingers and says, Why can't you guys get organized like that? And as an outsider looking in, someone might say, why can't the church get organized like that? Why doesn't the church work together? Why are they always fighting about things? Why don't they have unity in the church? John chapter 17 Jesus is praying for the believers. And as he's praying, he's praying to his father and he says, my prayer is not for them alone. Talking about the disciples. I'm not just praying for my disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, Just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know That you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Wait a second. If you look at that a little closer, the very last line, he says, Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. How will they know that? Look at the underlined section there. So that, they may, so that they may be brought to complete unity. When the church, when the followers of Christ come together in complete unity, that's when the people will know who Christ is. Because of how we act together. 
how we function as the body of Christ will reflect to the world who he is. One author says that without a deep commitment to loving one another and working together, they wouldn't have a chance of impacting the world as his witnesses. These 11 disciples would be 12, one didn't make it. 11 guys were going to change the world forever because of the message that they taught to everyone that they came across. Because of what they saw in Jesus Christ. But if they weren't united, if they didn't come together for the sake of Christ, they would fail. Their mission would not be completed. As a church member, you have a responsibility to be a source of unity. And while that doesn't mean you agree with everyone all the time, it does mean you are willing to sacrifice your own preferences in order to keep unity in the church. One of the things that I, told the, I tell the board at the beginning of each year is that when we come together, I don't want any yes votes. I don't want people who are just going to say yes to everything. I want people who are going to challenge me and challenge the rest of the board in their opinions. I don't care if it's 10 to 1 and one person says, I don't understand it. I don't think that's right. I don't think we should do that. The 10 need to listen. The ten need to seek to understand where the one is coming from. But here's also the next part of that. You also must be willing to sacrifice your own opinion, your own preference in the matter for the greater good of the church. And I can tell you that we've had board meetings where we've had a couple people that have disagreed with the way things were going to be done or the decision that was made. But I know, because I can say this, because I know the board well enough, that I can say they did that for the greater good of the group. They may not even like it today. But they realize that we have to work together. That if we don't work together, we will not accomplish the mission that God has for us. What causes disunity in the church? Here's some that are found in, in God's word in the New Testament specifically. The first one is quarreling. Acts 15 and 1 Corinthians 3. Favoritism. Gossip. Here's the thing, people. If you want to kill unity, if you want to kill your church, if you want to make the church look horrible, go make up something. 
Go tell somebody in the community something that you know half the story to and make up the rest because you think that's how it went. Because you see, if you want to make us look bad, it's easy to do. But what if we wanted to be united? Not for me, not for just you, but for Christ. Because that's why we're here, right? Aren't we here to be part of Christ? to be followers of Christ? Why would we want to go out and do something that we know is going to hurt the body of Christ? Why would we want to go out and say something that knows, that we know is going to make this church look bad? And the thing is, if you're going out and you're telling the gossip about the church that you attend, you're making yourself look bad. But you're also making the Wesleyan Church, Grace, Lighthouse, Presbyterian Church, you're also making Christians in general look bad. Because you claim to be a follower of Christ, right? But yet you're leading to the very thing that causes disunity. And the fourth thing is spiritual immaturity. hypocrisy and two things that I've added is lack of understanding the mission maybe we just don't understand what we're here for why are we coming to church is it just for us is it just for me is it just for my preferences is it just for the things that I should get out of being a member of a church And lastly, I think, which is the most important thing, is a loss of focus. Because we've lost the focus of Jesus Christ. We've lost the very foundation of what membership in the body of Christ is supposed to be about. And that is our faith in Jesus Christ. So we seek unity. The second thing that is a part of our responsibility, is forgiveness. Forgiveness in, within the church is a priority of membership. You cannot be a part of the body of Christ, yet hold a grudge against your brother. That would be like you physically saying, I don't like how my left arm looks. It's kind of awkward compared to my right one. So I'm going to act like this one's not there and I'm not going to like it. You see how stupid that sounds? But you're saying to the part of the body of Christ, I don't like you. You made me mad. You did something I don't like. So I'm going to treat you as though you're dirt or I'm going to treat you as though you don't exist. Jesus had something to say about that. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. After he teaches the disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer, 
He says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If we do not forgive as being a part of the body of Christ, we cannot have unity in the body of Christ. Unity in the church will only happen if the members have forgiving hearts. We will never find joy in church membership when we are constantly seeking things our way. True joy means giving up our rights, our preferences for the greater good of the whole church. But listen to me. I'm not saying you can't have preferences. I'm not saying you can't have desires. You can. They are great things and they should be put into action. But what I'm saying is do they benefit the whole church and the whole community? And the thing is, the way the world operates, your preferences today may not be the thing we do for the whole church. But two years from now, they very well could be the thing that we are doing. Because it's not about just one person. But it's about the whole body working together. When we think about 1 Corinthians 13, a lot of times the first thing that comes to our mind is the love chapter, right? When we go to a wedding, we, we can count on hearing 1 Corinthians 13 being read. But the thing that I think we don't think about is Paul was actually writing this letter to the church about what it meant to be a part of the body of Christ. What it meant to be a part of the church in Corinth. So he writes. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now think about that. What if love was the core of our heart's beat for this church? There would be no talks about disunity because there would be nothing but unity because we would love each other no matter what our differences were, 
we would love each other no matter how offended we got by something somebody said. We wouldn't dishonor the body of Christ by going and making up stories in the community about the church. Love always hopes. Love doesn't worry about the number of people that are here on Sunday morning because I know God is going to do something. Because we come together as the body of Christ and we become united and we go out and we go to a community that is the farthest thing from united and we say, we want to show you who this hope is. We want to show you what unity looks like for you so that you can know Christ. We are not to love fellow church members just because they are lovable. We are to love the unlovable as well. We are not to pray for and encourage our pastors just when they are doing the things we like. We are to pray for and encourage them when they do things we don't like. We are not to serve the church only when others are joining in. We are to serve the church even if we are, the, uh, we are doing it alone. Because that's what we're called to do. It's what the body of Christ comes together to do. So finishing up our model, we see the next thing is our witness. You see, the witness isn't just going and telling people about our faith, that triangle that we started with. It's not just that. Because, see, people are looking at our life. They're looking at how we live outside of the church, but they're also looking at how do we function within the church. Are we that person that's known in the church for always disagreeing with what the pastor said on Sunday morning? That pastor had a great sermon, but... I, I really want to go to that small group, but I don't like what they're talking about or... I don't, I don't like the people in the group. I, do you go to church? Yeah, I go to church about once a month or Christmas and Easter. Do you support the church? One of the things that I learned when I was at Westview, just a, a member of a church... I was at that point where I was frustrated with the preaching on Sunday morning. I was not getting fed. He, he just wasn't, I mean, they were dry and it was, I was bored to death. I love the man to death. A personal guy, a great guy to talk with one-on-one. -on -one. But when it came to preaching, he just... And then he started making leadership decisions that I didn't agree with. And Jennifer and I thought, well, what are we doing? 
Are we here just because our family's here? Her, her brother was the youth pastor. And then we thought, you know what? We're not a part of the body of Christ because we like the preacher. We're not a part, we're not members of Westview because we signed up to say we love the pastor. We're not a member because we love the worship every single Sunday. We liked it. We were a part of the church because of the people. Because we cared about the people. We grew to love the people. That's what being a part of the body of Christ is. It's about being this whole package. About being a witness. Acts 1.8. Luke writes, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And all of Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. Who you are in this place who you are in this community is your witness. But then the last thing we need to understand is that church membership is a gift. It's a gift to be a part of the body of Christ. Membership means we have the opportunity to serve and give rather than a legalistic option. But we have the chance to be a part of something greater than ourselves. Something that can never be stopped if working together for Christ. So this all leads up to something, as you, I'm assuming, knew was coming. So I've spent the last few de- weeks thinking about what is membership? What does it look like? What should it look like? Are we there? Do we need to do things differently? If you were to say, I want to be a member, this is what would happen. You would come to a class. I would teach you about the history of this church. I would teach you about the history of the United Methodist Church. I would teach you about the main doctrines that you are to support and agree with 100%. And then you sign off and say, yes, you sign on the dotted line. I bring you before the church. I ask you a few questions, something about have you been baptized? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you um, fully intend to give to the church, um, uh, go to a Sunday school class or a small group and um, be held accountable and stuff. Um, And then after we do a little ceremony in front of the church, a little song and dance, and and that's it. You're signed, sealed, delivered, and I never confront you ever again about anything that you just said you were going to do but never did. But not just me, no one else in the church. And we occasionally will support you if something really bad happens to you. 
If it, something really bad doesn't happen to you, you might get prayed for. But I think being a part of the body of Christ is something greater than that. Something deeper than that. So this is what I came up with. This is a covenant that I wrote. It says, I understand and acknowledge that belonging to the way or the body of Christ of Trinity Church it is, a, is an important step in my faith journey. However, I also acknowledge that being a member of Trinity Church is not the same as membership in a civic organization or a country club. It's a kind of membership given to us in 1 Corinthians 12, where because I am a member of the body of Christ, I must be a functioning member, which means I acknowledge I have a mutual responsibility in the kingdom of God. As a functioning member, I will give my time, my talents, and my tithe. I will serve. I will minister. I will reach out to those who do not know Jesus Christ. I will continue to be a learner or disciple of Jesus. I will seek to be a blessing to others. I will remember if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. I will seek to be a source of unity in my church. I know that there are no perfect pastors, staff, or other church members, but neither am I. I will, be the I will not be the source of gossip or dissension. One of the greatest contributions I can make is to do all I can in God's power to help the church in unity for the sake of the gospel. I acknowledge that I have personal preferences and desires. However, as a follower of Christ and member of Trinity Church, I will not be self-serving by only taking into consideration my personal preferences rather than the good of the church and community as a whole. While this does not mean I will agree with everyone or everything all the time, it does mean I am willing to sacrifice my own preferences to keep unity in the church. I will pray for my pastor and the leaders of the church every day. I understand that their work is never ending. Their days are filled with numerous demands that bring emotional highs and lows. They must deal with critics. They must make the hard leadership decisions for the church body. Because my pastor and the church leaders cannot do all things in their own power, I will pray for their strength and wisdom daily. And this, I think, is a very important contribution. I will lead my family to be good members of this church body. We will pray together for our church. We will worship together in our church. We will serve together in our church. And we will ask Christ to help us fall deeper in love with this church because he gave his life. For her. Belonging to the way of Trinity Church is a gift. 
When I received the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, I became part of the body of Christ. After becoming a follower of Christ, I identified with a local church body and was baptized. And now I am humbled and honored to serve and to love others in our church. I pray that I will never take my membership for granted, but see it as a gift and an opportunity to serve others and to be a part of something so much greater than any one person or member. As a member of, Trinity, of the Trinity Church community, I understand I am a part of a family's, family support system to which I will be held accountable to this covenant in a gracious, key here, in a gracious and truthful manner that will honor Christ's love for me. Now I know that I will be held accountable catches a lot of people up, so let me reread that for you. As a member of Trinity Church community, I understand that I am a part of a family support system to which I will be held accountable to this covenant in a gracious and truthful manner that will honor Christ's love for me. Christ's love for you. Not just my pathetic human love, but will honor Christ's love for you. So I have these up here. I know one of the things I said was, you know, it's really easy to sign a piece of paper. But see, here's the thing. Signing a piece of paper says, hold me accountable. Because when something happens that you don't like or you disagree with or you're falling short and we want to help you and we come alongside you and say, hey, what's going on? And you push us away and say, what are you doing? What right do you have? We pull out this little piece of paper and says, right here you said you wanted to be held accountable. You wanted to be a part of the body of Christ. And this is what the body of Christ does because we love you. That's what the piece of paper does. But it's more than just a piece of paper. You see, coming up here and saying, I want to be a part of the body of Christ here at Trinity Church, you're saying, I'm committing to you. Just as much as I want you to help me be the best follower of Christ that I can be, I want to be the best person for you. It's a step of faith. that says, I need you just as much as you need me. Just as much as we all need each other. If you're already a member of the church, I challenge you. Think about what you thought about membership. Now think about what biblical membership looks like. I challenge you to put a big void on your old membership and say, this is what I want to commit to. 
I want to commit to something biblical. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about us. I want it to be about Christ. And here's the thing. This is a commitment. But if you're a member already of the church and you don't want to sign one of these, I'm not kicking you out of the church. If you don't want to sign it, that's between you and God. And that's okay. But I hope that you see the difference between simply doing something just to go through the motions, but actually being a part of something greater than ourselves. If you were a member at another church and had a bad experience, I want you to put those experiences behind you. Don't allow the hurts that you went through somewhere else to leave you out of this experience here. Don't hurt us by not being involved. Because we need each one of you so that we can be the body together. If you're not a member, here's your chance. To be a part of not just attending a, a church service, but saying, I want to be part of the body of Christ here at Trinity. I want to bless them and I want them to bless me so that we can glorify Christ together. If you say, well, I have faith and I want to do all those things, but I haven't been baptized. <laughs> August 18th. Perfect. Sign the paper, get baptized. We're good. here's what I want you to do. I want the Jeff to come up and just play something quietly. And I know we're going over. Bear with me. I think it's important. Forgive me. You'll get that later. But if you are saying that I want to be a part of this church, I want to be a part of the body of Christ here at Trinity Church. I want to place value here. I just want you to come up. I want you to sign your date, sign your name, date it. And under it, write your name so I know who the heck you are. Because if it's anything like mine, you won't read it. And then... I want you to leave the papers up here. Actually, you can bring them up here and put them up here. And then I'm going to photocopy them. I'm going to keep a record. And then I'm going to give you your copy back. Just in case you think I forged your signature later. 
see, the thing is I've been thinking about is until we understand who we are in here, until we become united, how are we going to be able to show Christ to them out there? If we're divided in here, how can we be united ever out there? I pray that you will join me as the body of Christ in celebrating a gift to each other and to Christ. I invite you to come forward. Jesus, we come before you and we just thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for the people in this place that you have brought together for a reason. Jesus, I pray that you would just use this time to mold us into the followers that you long for us to be. Jesus, I pray that this would be a church that would be found to be a place of unity where forgiveness flows freely and love unhindered. God, may this be a place where all are welcome and all are invited to follow you and walk in your way.